2: East side in the afternoon of a turkey.
1: Exciting live hunts like this. Oh, I got that coming. (laughs)
0: Thank you for tuning in, and now for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 469, Turkey Talk with Jason Lepardus, and I am your co-host and the guy who is working on this pile of turkey calls that he has to practice with. And
1: I'm your co-host, and the guy who rubbed out El Gato Grande in the snow. No joke, man. Yeah. I got a pulp-killing son of a gun. Hen-killing, gobbler-killing, quail-killing. This sucker was fat and healthy. Big old bobcat, and pretty cool. He came, put the rabbit distress out there, slipped back up in the wood line, And I had a shotgun, my brother had a rifle, fully anticipating whatever coyote or whatever we're after to come out of this island of trees to our front left, where he's set up with the rifle. And I hit that rabbit distress, and I mean, I bet it wasn't five seconds, like maybe three squeals out of that thing. And I looked right in the tree line, and there's this huge bobcat running out of the tree line at us. And so I whipped up there with the shotgun and let him have it. nice uh, so it was pretty cool pretty cool so did you shot him yeah yeah it was a triple alt buck i shot the first shot hit him hard and he did a full backflip landed on his feet and took out missed him the second shot and the third shot he literally did a full front flip dead as a hammer it smoked him nice i don't know if any of our listeners have seen the old duck commander clip where they're duck hunting and the deer comes walking across the duck hole and phil robertson shoots it with a rifle if you've seen that you know what i'm talking about that's what that bobcat looked like (laughs) it was pretty cool i'd rather have him than a coyote anyway that's that's the apex killer in my mind
0: of of adult turkeys quail etc yeah yeah Um, i think the only thing that that and don't get me wrong coyotes are phenomenal hunters or there would be none left yeah but i think the only thing that evens the game just gets it to where it's remotely close between a bobcat and coyote is the fact that coyotes will hunt together and that's two or three coyotes hunting together is a formidable force so
1: yeah we saw them one time my dad and brother saw it actually, two coyotes were laying in the tree line and a single coyote was coming from the opposite direction. And they're kind of watching it, like wondering what was happening. Cause you could tell they were like, there was a strategy to what was going on. Mm-hmm. And the third coyote, the one by himself pounces in and flushes a huge covey at quail, which all fly towards the tree line. And when they're, landing about the to land towards the tree line the other two jump up in the air and try to snag them one yeah luckily both missed but that's pretty nuts like that's a that's a cool strategy in my mind of how they're that's pretty smart
0: <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i had something similar happen this was years ago i was turkey hunting with a buddy of mine at his place and he's got several big soybean fields on this place i think it's the only place in the state of alabama where they still do agriculture, but. We've been seeing these two coyotes. We're on one side of the field in the woods, and we've been seeing these coyotes just walk up and down two times the opposite woods line. Well, my buddy put a couple of decoys up in front of us. They're out in this field, probably, you know, 25 yards from us or so. This was up in into the morning, 10, 10 o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood, and he we're sitting there, you know, we, the coyotes go back in the opposite woods, into the woods, away from the, the field there. And we've been sitting there maybe 30 minutes or so. And he says, hey, I said, yeah. He said, those two coyotes are back out in the field. Now, they were coming down the woods line towards us and they went past us. Again, we're on the opposite side of the field from them. They go past us about 200 yards and they cut across the field. Well, when they cut across the field, I lost sight of them, but he could see them. And he said, they're turning, they're coming towards us. And they're just hmm. kind of trotting, trotting. All of a sudden, one of them breaks off and goes into the woods. Hmm. And the one that was still in the field kicks it into high gear. He <laughs> He's starts cutting it. flying towards us. That's awesome. And then... I look into the wood, and I, I told my buddy, I said, Joey, when that one gets close, shoot him. And I, I just happen to look to my left, which is deeper into the woods, and I see his counterpart is running parallel to him inside the woods. Wow. And the plan, obviously, is to drive those turkeys, the decoys, out of the field and into the woods. Well, when that joker starts getting, he gets about 50 yards from me inside the woods line, the other one realizes when he gets a certain distance from those turkeys and they've not moved that there's a skunk somewhere around, there's a rat. Mm -hmm. And so he turns and goes away. And the one that's in the woods keeps coming towards me. And he got about 40 yards and he, I guess he saw his buddy turn and run away. And he just cut deeper into the woods and was too far away for me to get a shot with a shotgun. But there is no doubt, zero doubt in my mind that that is exactly what they were doing was trying to run those quote unquote turkeys that were in the field that they've been watching and listening to all morning long. They're trying to run them into the woods and, you know, mm-hmm. spear tactic to run them right into their, the buddy that was running inside the woods. They are extremely smart. Yeah, They're that's wily. pretty crazy. Yeah yeah wiley some might say that's right that's right <laughs> well, so, good deal so you've been yeah. practicing up on your unicoy hall yeah man so i had a couple of calls in the blind with me this past saturday and the oh i guess it was probably up to 18 degrees outside at that point and got to play on those calls a little bit and i'm not saying that i called the turkeys into the food plot with me but i had Four jakes and three hens oh, coming cool. to the food plot, so I was able to watch them and call to them a little bit here and there. So that was that was fun. It was a good day. So I cannot yeah, complain about getting a chance all. to interact with turkeys. No, no, no
1: doubt. That's awesome. That is awesome. I uh, look forward to. I'm guessing probably next week. Are you gonna do our Unicoi? show where you play us some audio clips of your calls and yes maybe hear a little bit from the show itself
0: yes i'd love to cool love
1: i'm, to. Be I'm looking forward to that yeah that'll be that's always a fun episode and informing and i'm sure helps some people locate a call they want to get for the spring yeah so yes, we'll have indeed. that coming up and, and we've got some great interviews coming up that we've already done but this week we've got jason lapartis on who is he joined Turkeys for Tomorrow, I believe, a year maybe two years ago. Not, you know, he's been with them for a pretty good while here. He's the director of business operations and partnerships, and just a great guy. I've met Jason. He came to our social event. He's a high energy dude, and just yeah, he's awesome. He's he's going to be doing great things for Turkeys for Tomorrow. So we wanted to have him on. We like to get these conservation organizations that benefit turkeys to come on and update us on what they're doing. So we wanted to have him on here, what Turkeys for is doing, because we're always encouraging you guys to help out with them. And as chapter director here in West Tennessee, I definitely believe in the mission and want to mention on the intro, if you're a Tennessean or somewhere near Tennessee, we're having our conservation dinner and gun bash is going to be at Madison Downs in Jackson, Tennessee on February 24th. And so that's going to be at six o'clock. Is the dinner and gun bash. We're also going to be offering at five p.m. We're going to have two speakers. One is Jason Lepardus, who you're hearing today on this podcast, and the other is Roger Shields, who's the Wild Turkey coordinator for the state of Tennessee. So they're both going to speak. Jason's going to update us on what's going on with turkeys for tomorrow. Roger's going to update us on what's going on with Tennessee turkeys and probably you know some study updates and how they're planning to set seasons in the future could be changing. So he's gonna update us on that. And then you're gonna have the opportunity for about 15 minutes of Q and A with either of those speakers. So if you have questions about turkeys for tomorrow or Tennessee turkeys slash regulations, this is the time to do it. So we wanted to offer that prior to our event at five, so that if somebody isn't interested in that type of thing, if they're just wanting to come eat dinner and you know win a gun, they can show up at 6. But if you're interested in turkey regulations, hearing about the organization, things like that, you're going to want to be there at 5. Very cool. So February 24th, Madison Downs, Jackson, Tennessee. I will be flying back the day before from whacking a couple Rio Grande Gobblers with Andy and our two two winners.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So I'll be riding a high. So when you see me and I got smiling ear to ear, you'll know that it was a good hunt. Yes, indeed. But anyway. Let's hop in here and talk to Jason. Sorry to do that, but I wanted to make sure to let everybody know that's coming up on the 24th. Hope to see you all there, and we'll hop in here and talk to Jason
0: about turkeys for tomorrow. All right. Sounds great. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you we have on the phone with us this evening Jason Lupartis, who is with Turkeys for Tomorrow, and I'm going to mess this title all up, but it's something like Director of business operations, and partner development. Am I in the ballpark, Jason? Man, that's close enough for uh, hand grenades and horseshoes for sure, man. All right. <laughs> um, that's all we're doing tonight is
2: hand grenades, <laughs> hand grenades and horseshoes. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's right. Now, Jets, I, uh, I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, just uh, very humbled to uh, be a part of the TFT flock, so to speak. Yes, sir. I'm a, uh, I'm basically, I know some people were kind of wondering like, well, hey, who's this Kentucky hillbilly working for TFT now? So a little bit about me real quick. I basically, my background is I'm a wildlife biologist slash forester. I got my undergraduate and my graduate degree from the great state of Tennessee. I bleed orange. UT Knoxville. Yeah, go Vols, by God, because we're still bleeding orange uh, for for a (laughs) few more years anyway. Uh, I admit to it. I'm okay with it. But no, I, uh, I've i been very fortunate and blessed to live one of those lives, uh, very adventurous where I got to live in Cades Cove, trapping bears, black bears for some time, to working on the elk reintroduction uh, in East Tennessee, a very high profile project. I've had the uh, opportunity to work for a state agency down in Georgia, basically doing a ton of quail work and waterfowl work on the coast, uh, working as a private lands wildlife biologist, um, kind of coordinating efforts uh, in the southern half of Georgia and then jumped on uh, with the Big Bird and uh, went to work for the National Wild Turkey Federation for about a decade love the work love the people love the volunteers and then moved on to uh greater greener pastures with Union Sportsman's Alliance Chief Operating Officer for about a year or so and then I uh, jumped into a small startup uh corp on the side and and even my own um consulting business and then uh basically jumped on the TFT when I saw the opportunity to get back in the turkey arena I mean, for all you guys and gals that are turkey nuts, I mean, you just can't turn that down. And so uh, I jumped in and said, hey, let me see how I can help and bring some of my conservation background to really help this organization grow and thrive and do what's right for turkeys. Excellent. I
0: like to hear that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely what the people listening
2: to this show want to hear, doing work for turkeys. Well, we we love turkeys and I mean, somebody asked me, said, "Well, why are you, why do you want to grow so many turkeys?" I said, "Well, I got to be honest with you, I, I love to shoot turkeys, and uh, and I've had some people <laughs> kind of look at me weird, like, well, so you want to grow turkeys to shoot turkeys?" I said, "Well, I got to be honest with you, I am a passionate turkey hunter, and and I I love those those exciting mornings, but even if I don't ever pull the trigger, just getting to get out and experience, you know, those thunder gobbles and you know just that awakening in the spring and and honestly, guys, I mean, I admit to it. I, you see me and you're going to go, man, th- this is not a flower, dude. But, man, I'm like a spring flower guy. And so uh, I like all of that, man, um, in the uh, spring. All of that just brings me a, a lot of joy and love sharing it with people, too. I mean, that's that's a big component of who I am. I mean, you, you're kind of building that fellowship with a lot of friends and family as you're out there enjoying these beautiful days in the springtime, no matter where you are definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Jason, this is your first time on the show. I think we should probably do a rapid fire Q&A, Andy.
0: I think that is just one heck of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, let me sit down, guys. <laughs> do you know what the rapid fire Q&A is,
2: Jason? I I'm ready. I'm ready. Maybe not. Let me let me uh pour another bourbon real quick and I think we'll be good. All right. What are you drinking this evening? Well, I think tonight is going to be my Buffalo Trace special, so to speak. It is a uh, old fashioned, a smoky old go. fashioned. There you go.
1: Very nice.
2: All right. I'm in Kentucky, man. This is if you're not drinking this stuff like a like it's in a bottle for a baby, then uh, you shouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> so true. So Absolutely. true. Well, then go ahead and fix you another drink. And I'm going to let Cameron explain to you how the rapid-fire Q&A works, because I always explain it, and I'm looking to see if Cameron's really paying attention to anything I say when I'm talking about it.
1: You are looking at... You're going to get questioned by Andy. He does the reading the question, because... Wrong! You've already messed
0: up! What?
1: (laughs) He's going to put the stopwatch to you, and you're going to see if you can beat the fastest time when he quizzes you with general turkey hunting questions that you can answer however you would like and you can choose not to answer just give a pass or whatever the heck you want to say and we're going to dive in here this kind of helps our guests get to understand more of the way you think and more about you as the turkey hunter sure so Andy right. I have a feeling Jason's is really good at this so it has
2: conversations by the way so <laughs> Uh Uh-oh, stand me up, only to let me fall. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm pulling up
0: the the timer now, and actually the stopwatch. So. Oh, boy. Jason, I am going to press start as soon as I start reading the first question. We have 30 questions. You just answer them as quickly as you can, and as soon as I hear an answer from you, I'm moving on to the next one if you don't make me laugh. If you make me laugh, I'm going to laugh and then move on to the next one.
2: So, so I'm just going to go ahead and set you set you in your place right now, just so you know. You know, I'm a little bit Southern, and so we, we like to take it slow and easy, so be ready for that.
0: I will promise you, you're not going to have the slowest time out of everybody. I <laughs> will promise you, you will not have the slowest time. All right, you ready to roll? Man, always. Fire away, brother. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Grilled. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat, with cola or with water? Neat. Number of grand slams? Four. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yes. Ten-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Two-year-old. Favorite camo pattern? Real tree. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Oh, for dinner. More or less than three strikers in your turkey vest? More. State you killed your first turkey in? Alabama. State you killed your last turkey in. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? All right. You cut out on me. Cameron, did you hear him just then?
1: No, I didn't get the last Run
0: and gun. Run and gun. All right. I'm about to start. I paused the the timer now or the stopwatch, (laughs) so I'm about to pick it back up. I'm good. Let's roll. You ready? All right. Rios or Rios. Rios or Easterns? Rios. Rios or Merriams? Merriams. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Beads. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Rubber boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Black Hills, Wyoming. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Seven. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Goose egg, zero. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? (laughs) Alabama. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? A yelp. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Three. Favorite turkey hunting book?
2: Ooh, gosh.
0: Mm, I'm going to pass on that one. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? Me, myself, and I. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? No. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Ooh, I love long spurs. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Moving too quickly. How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit?
2: It lasts forever, and the bag limit never ends. All right.
0: I have three minutes and .22 seconds. That is a solid results. The,
2: the book question had
1: him stumped.
0: It had him stumped. He took up some time on that one. I now did. just just to give you a little idea. Michael T. Simpson, another slow talking southerner, has <laughs> two minutes and thirteen point nine six seconds. Oh Lord. So yeah, he he flew through that. I mean, just flew through it. But i like what you did i like your style on that and i've got a couple of follow-up questions fantastic rio's huh oh wait miriam's i'm sorry miriam's huh oh man i love the white tips there's just something special (laughs) about them uh uh you know i just i don't know that there's a whole lot of people that would disagree with that statement you said you know so all right obviously
1: likes to kill too
2: Well, I yes. mean, you know, you grew, up, you grew up here in the East, and, you know, I cut my teeth in Alabama turkey hunting, learning how to turkey hunt. I, you know, I'm not one of those that uh, I grew up in North Alabama and Lauderdale County, northwest corner. And to be honest with you, Lauderdale-Limestone County are two of the counties in the state of Alabama that still has very few turkeys in them. Yeah, And if you go right across the line to the city in and Wayne, Giles, and Lawrence County, it is still another devoid spot of turkeys in general and so you know I grew up and it wasn't like hey we're gonna go turkey hunting hey there aren't any turkeys and yeah. um in my first hunt somebody went out with me went out to freedom hills wildlife management area didn't know a thing about turkey hunting I, I may have watched like a a primo's hunting show I had a mouth call didn't know what to do we walked in the woods we went two different directions and basically got lost uh never heard of turkey never saw a turkey um that was really my first hunt and uh, no one really ever showed me anything um so it's pretty interesting how i stepped into it and like a lot of folks that had someone to mentor them or take them out on first hunts to uh, kind of get them up to snuff i just learned like the old school way which was like well hey good luck there's turkey in the woods go find one and uh <laughs> some years later uh, when i was living down in actually trustville i was in a hunting club around pelham alabama and uh got in it for deer hunting and i tell you what that place was eat up with turkeys and i literally sat in my tree stand i don't know how many days hearing these birds on the roost making all these noises and and i just started picking up on it and started doing a lot of mouth calling like with no calls and starting to figure it out and so i experienced my first spring season with uh, getting way too close to a roost spot and had some jakes fly over me come off the roost one landed behind me about 30 40 yards and i literally slowly got turned around and shot a jake that was my first bird and it was a lot of pot luck. but i just sat out there just like most outdoorsmen just listening and learning uh on my own and hearing people talk about it watching some videos but really had no one to show me a thing so that's how I kicked off but but chasing the easterns, uh, I've always felt is once you conquer the eastern, you can go conquer any of them. And, uh, and I definitely have fallen in love with Merriams out west, and I've harvested some in Nebraska. And I love the big canyons and just the you know it's a different type of hunting. And boy, they gobble a lot. That makes it fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, that no doubt. Neat. That, that is pretty neat. Why we you struggling yeah, on
2: the book question?
1: You don't you just can't pick one? Well, you know
2: what? I am sitting here and the first one to come on my mind was uh, Tom Kelly. I mean, it's just sitting there, then I was like, Ooh. And then I started thinking of something else and I'm like, No, I better go back and I'm like, No, I better pass. <laughs> so anywho, that was that was my first initial thought, if you if you really have to know and you know, oh, it's the tenth legion. I'm like, oh, I don't know, should I say that or not? And anyway, um, but yeah, that was my, my struggle bus on the book. So
0: nice. you being a wildlife biologist, have you ever read Illuminations in the Flatwoods?
2: I have not actually.
0: Hmm. Pick that one up, man.
2: Yeah. I need to check that out. Guy.
0: Joe Hutto, H U T T O. Yep. I've
2: watched the uh, I've watched the Joe Hutto video. PBS uh, movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is pretty killer, actually. Yeah. Um,
0: well, that because... was based on this book. And the book is much more detailed, and I think you, as a wildlife biologist, would just eat this up. So if you like the PBS special, the book is is one you've got to read.
2: Yeah. Appreciate that. Good intel. Yeah. No doubt. Another
1: question I like that you ask Andy during the rapid fire Q and A is: Think about the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you kill him? And I find that to be kind of a humorous question because obviously everybody thinks of like that one turkey and a lot of people say, yeah, they killed him. But the toughest one you ever faced probably looked you up down and sideways and you don't even know it. You know, you may only hunted him once.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or 14 days in a row. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you really want to know, I mean, I was in Southwest Georgia hunting swamp bird over a, uh, you know, Cypress pond and literally, you know, in Georgia back in the day, i guess the harvest is still the same but you can harvest three birds in georgia i mean you technically in the day harvest all three birds in the same day anywho i was out and uh got on a bird um uh, there's multiple birds and uh harvested a bird on the cypress hole but there were a bunch of birds there and i went back about a week later and uh and started to try to get the big granddaddy right Well, granddaddy didn't want to play right so uh it uh it was day after day after day and morning after morning, I'm going before work and uh I'd hunt and then after about six seven days you know and and I'm trying everything silent treatment, quiet treatment come from different sides i mean, I'm in the woods and it's it's just a a big cypress hole and these birds roosting on it. you know at the time, I didn't realize that you know this bird that I'm hunting may have been a different bird five days later because these birds are bouncing roost uh, but long story short, you know, like any good turkey hunter, I got friends with me going, man, you've been spending a lot of time in that same place, guys at the office. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I, I got to get this bird. And so, uh, you know, by about a week, you start thinking it out. And you're like, you know, I need to have somebody else with me that knows more about this turkey or gives it a, a different flavor. You know, and I'm going through like, you know, I got like 25, 30 different strikers. I mean, I, I got, you know, just like you guys. I got way too many turkey calls I need, and I've tried everything. <laughs> Nothing's working. Okay, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Set up on different sides, you know all this stuff, right? You can um,
0: never have too many turkey calls.
2: Absolutely, you're exactly right. And I'm thinking yeah, like, totally okay, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring people with me. And so literally, yeah. I took somebody with me. They come out, we hunted together, spread out. Oh, we sound like a group of hot ladies. Well, that didn't work. Uh, and so went another day by myself and then took another friend. Took him with me two days. He's like, Man, you got a tough bird. You need to leave this alone. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I'm I'm going again. And then this lady at work with well, she went out with me and and that didn't work. And then the first guy went out with me. I took him out again and we got real close. I mean, whoo, we got real close. Got this bird out on a little logging road, uh, out in kind of a mixed lonely slash pine stand and uh thought we had him and, and man, he just voodooed us again. And anywho, I went 14 days after that joker. And then finally just, you know, work, life, whatever, had to move on. I'm like, I got to move on. Cause man, I, I need to get on a bird. Cause I I'm, I'm just feeling defeated. Uh, but 14 days straight on this stupid Turkey uh, and I was defeated, but I tell you what, learned a lot. You know, you learn a lot on those kind of birds, oh, yeah, but it was good. I mean, that's, that's my crazy, dedicated passion uh, on chasing them. <clears throat>
0: yeah. I think a lot of us can relate to that, you know, and just getting in there and they they own you. I mean, they literally, it's all you can think about morning, noon, and night. And you wake up 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got it now. I know, I know what to do to kill that bird now. Go in there and execute your plan and you still get your rear end whipped. And, and uh, you know, that's just, to me, in my feeble little mind, that's what keeps us coming back for more in this sport. And that's what makes this sport unlike any other type of hunting, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think any any of that uh, critter interaction is, it's, uh, it's a lot different, you know. I mean, uh, some people, you know, it's... I compare some things to like deer hunting, you know. And I deer hunt, and sometimes I do a little bit different kind of deer hunting. I I like to stalk hunt sometimes, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I've been known to, uh, I've aired a couple of pretty decent deer slipping on the woods on them, you know. But but that's me. I like to, I like to make chase, and so uh, you know, no doubt I'll sit in the deer stand do my thing. But I, I'm not one to really sit in a blind to turkey hunt, unless I got a first time hunter, or a first time individual, and we're we're trying to really help get them to where they feel comfortable hunting on their own and we've taken those necessary steps but uh but yeah that uh that interaction and that kind of chess game you play boy it's it's a hard driver guys um it's uh it 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 definitely you know I feel like some of these birds have possessed me (laughs) oh yeah uh, I don't know how to better put it Uh, I mean I'm sitting here I mean I'm I'm just like everyone else I'm sitting in my office here and I don't know, uh, walking in my office, I have a, you know, wire of beards hanging up and spurs and, uh, may not have much more to show for it, but boy, I can just look at them and go, Oh, I remember that. one. Well, I remember that double bearded dude, you know, things like that makes it good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. Well, what's going on good in the world of TFT? Man, I, it's, it's everything. I mean, we have fantastic folks like Cam with the uh, two rivers chapter helping us really stand up things and try to raise some money so we can uh, help do more for turkeys so we're at a we're at a pretty cool spot i mean uh, it's that uh, the season's right around the corner and everybody's starting to think about turkeys again and you know once this uh, white blizzard leaves us and it, uh, it's good we're, uh, we're getting ready to roll out some cool new thoughts and ideas for the next one to five years of what we're going to be doing and uh, how we're going to try to make a bigger difference and trying to do more with less. And so um, I'm very excited to be a part of this uh, TFT flock and our guys and gals coming together for the correct reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. How many chapters are we up to now for Turkeys for Morrow?
2: I I tell you what, yeah, behind the scenes, we have 21 chapters that's uh, really uh, getting hired out. and, And I'll be honest with you guys, over the last weeks months I mean we're we're literally getting chapter requests weekly sometimes daily and so we're slowly working through those and so and then it's a matter of a lot of these requests where people have filled out the information you know it's a it's a time frame of trying to connect people and and bring a few people together locally and then letting them really try to stand that chapter up and seeing what they can do so that's been super positive we really just started some of our first, what I call membership promotions recently. Over the last couple of months, uh, we're gonna run some promotions through the end of this month and Sitka partnered with us and provided us a bunch of free hats to try to help us fundraise. And so it's been great. We've been uh, we put our uh, TFT patch on there and we're using it as a fundraiser to encourage folks to grab memberships. And it's it's working pretty effectively. So uh, we're up to close to 2300 members on the books uh, this past year. We had to we really had to stand some things up for the future because we had so many people want to join us and we really didn't have the necessary technology in place to to really handle things in a robust manner. And so uh, we now are getting all that fixed and starting to get ahead of the curve where We can start moving things more quickly, more easily. Uh, Even as of today, I have a gentleman that is working on building us uh, online ticketing system, the whole nine yards, which should be done this week. So, Cam, for you and and some of the other chapters out there, uh, folks will be able to go online, purchase tickets, tables, whatever they want to do on their phone. And uh, we're going to try to streamline how we're doing business just to provide a better customer service journey for You know, all of our folks that want to support us. Yep. So it's been some work, but man, we're getting real close to uh, launching a lot of that. And we have some exciting things coming up this year. I mean, our logo is going to look a little bit different, not a lot a bit different. You're still going to see our hen and those polts on there, but it's going to have a little different flair to it. And everyone we've shared it with that we're putting some new product together that uh, we'll have uh, coming out here pretty soon. Really like it. Uh, We have a few other uh, designs that we're going to use to help sell some just small products that, uh, you know, people want to support us through decals, cups, um, typical gear, hats, shirts, apparel, you name it. We're going to have some new things coming up and some new partners that um, that a lot of folks uh, will be excited to see us partnering with uh, to do some work. So, uh, man, I'm just, I'm pretty fired up about 2024 here and what we're about to accomplish uh, as the organization.
1: Yeah. and What all studies, I mean, what all, where where the funds have been going, I guess, that have been raised so far from such a young organization? We've had Ron Jolly on in the past and Chase Grubbs when he was with y'all, and, you know, we've, we've been getting updates along the way. What What's all going on research-wise and project-wise with TFT now?
2: yeah absolutely uh so we have several projects that's still ongoing and we're still collecting information on we'll we'll be supporting you know as one is uh in the home state of tennessee uh for ucam and i kind of call uh, tennessee my old home state because i spent a lot of time there but uh still working closely with dr harper dr Bueller uh on that uh we have about a year to go to finish all that out uh, you guys will be getting some uh, updates right around the corner on, on what all is shaking there. I actually was emailing with Dr. Chamberlain just this morning. Mike Chamberlain uh, from UGA, their uh, work here in the great state of Kentucky is still ongoing, which is good. We're still going to be funding that. We still have work going on um, and we'll be uh, supporting in Iowa uh, on research there. Uh, with Dan Kaminsky. Uh, we're looking at what some of those next steps will be. Looking at habitat, nesting, survival, the whole nine yards, which is good. We're waiting to get some uh, results back from Dr. Goolsby in the great state of Alabama on uh, some of this disease testing. There's been a ton of that. Yeah. It's been done. And with fertility, which is really cool. So we have some uh, some next steps there. We're We're getting ready to put together kind of a uh what I'd say uh, a list of all the updates from all these states to have something new to come out next month yeah so that everybody's kind of where where we are so we're trying to do this in line with all of our events coming up so we have really fresh information to share with everyone uh in a very concise manner so it should be good uh we also are working on a new project that a couple things one uh, working with Dr. Lashley, uh, we've 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 supported him down in Florida on the Osceola project, um, which actually came Cam from y'all's event. We had some folks donate some cameras to us, which is fantastic. The social event y'all had, and uh, he's already put those cameras to work down there, and uh, which is great. And so there's going to be some next steps that we're hoping to help them with. If we can raise some additional funds to do that, that's going to uh, be involved with uh, predators, um, feed sites, uh, and, and really looking at radio marked birds and seeing how those interactions uh, are working together or not so well working together, uh, which is fantastic. Um, we have another very prominent researcher we're going to do some work with in, um over in Arkansas at Five Oaks uh, Ag Center. Um, they do a lot of uh, wetland work and so it's pretty cool. Uh, we're about to uh, really address where we're having the biggest issues from a habitat standpoint. And being a West Tennessee Cam, you you, you can probably tell me right now what that habitat type would be, but um, bottomland bottom hardwoods. Woods, hey me yeah. and brother, I tell you what guys, if we we're to look at a map and, and talk about habitat and it, where we're having the biggest issues with turkey decline, um, it's bobbling hardwoods. A lot of that, you know, <clears throat> some of that's out of our hands with hydrology, but uh, there's a lot of other things we can be doing to do some work. So we're we're standing up a multiple year project that's going to really uh, be zeroed in uh, near Stuttgart, uh, Arkansas, and working with Five Oaks um, with some connections with Ducks Unlimited actually. And so some of this research huh. will be, it's going to be focused on bobbling hardwoods, but with impacts on five different, what I call, guilds of bird species. So birds such as waterfowl to cherry um, little warblers, et cetera, to things like bobwhite quail and, of course, the wild turkey. And so we're going to be looking at really a focused effort to uh, do some test demonstration sites and to look at impacts on how do we best manage that so there's a lot more to unravel here and talk about but we're also going to be focused on individuals that are enrolled currently in some farm bill programs and um we're trying to help make some policy changes with what's going on in the farm bill with the wetlands reserve program and the wetlands reserve enhancement program and so it's a pretty big thing for such a small organization to tackle however yeah. Uh, knowing that where we're going and what we can do and we're just we have so much momentum right now that we we actually have some folks in arkansas ready to start a chapter for us over there to help us uh just working around this alone so it's going to start in arkansas it'll have impacts directly in louisiana Mississippi as we start drawing this out with potentially impacting close to a million acres of privately owned land that are currently enrolled in these programs it's a big deal. Um, We're going to drive this really hard. We're about to put in for some additional grants and agreements to start stacking this and really making it robust. We're hoping to drive this over a five-year window, Uh, but ultimately this will have the entire southeast with anyone enrolled in these programs. So uh, for a little organization, uh, people better get ready because we're about to blow some stuff out of the water.
1: Well, that is a great segue to a Patreon member of ours asked a question. Mark Hebda, one of our Patreon members, he asked, he wanted to ask you this. He says, it seems like most of the research and conservation efforts I hear about are focused in the southeast and the midwest. Can you ask Jason if TFT is currently working on anything in the northeast or if there's anything in the works? Thanks.
2: I will say this. We don't currently have a project in the northeast. However, um... I've been shaking all the trees and, you know, with my history working in the turkey arena and working with the wild turkey working groups um, in various parts of the country here in the east, I've been reaching out to all the key researchers and reaching out to um, state agency, uh, basically turkey coordinators, they have a different name in every state, but to try to see how we can potentially help. And I think what we'll end up doing if things work out, we will have a project in the Northeast. There's some feelers that's been put out, but we don't have anything yet. Are we open for it? Heck yes. Um uh, and uh we will not turn anyone down and once someone makes us ask, we'll go out of the way to try to make it happen. Awesome. Yeah. So it's not like you guys
0: are avoiding anything up there. It's just a matter of when opportunity presents itself
2: absolutely and, and to be honest with you um you know if, if we were uh you know a very large organization and had a robust budget then it would be a lot easier then you have leverage to sit at the table and go well hey we we've dedicated x amount of funds to do projects and it makes it pretty simple it should be simple uh but we're you know we're in our infancy we're still in the startup phase i mean we're moving into year four We've been around for a little over three years and we're just now kind of getting cooking with some fundraising and um the things that you know like these events are doing and, and the raffles and everything else that we're trying to do i mean we're basically moving it right back into how do we look at how do we save the wild turkey by continuing to use these science-based solutions for long-term sustainability i mean that's what's that's yeah. exactly what we're doing And so as we get funds together and we have that opportunity, we'll move it forward. Uh, We're going to be very, very involved in many of these conservation type meetings in the future where uh, turkeys are a focus, such as the symposiums and the uh, wild turkey working groups. And so um, I anticipate on uh, being very engaged in those and trying to see where TFT is a good fit and how we can help. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's not like there's not anything being done in the Northeast. I'm, I'm, seems like I remember some, or at least one study being done in Maine, but I do know that in Pennsylvania, their turkey biologist, Mary Jo Casalina, she's all over it. They're, they're doing studies all the time. And so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things going up, going on in that area. And, you know, I, I think like you said you know you have to to deal with a budget and as the budget allows maybe you guys can team up with one of the one of the commission organizations in that area or department of wildlife organizations in that area and and you know team up on a project so that's where these donations come in play and why they're so important and why Cameron and I are excited to have a donation for you guys at tft as
2: well well we uh we appreciate your support and uh we appreciate everyone's doing to help us i mean we're just uh we're just a bunch of guys and gals that are just you know just as crazy as passionate as you are about the wild turkey and we're trying to do everything we can and do it collectively with others that want to help us and work with us and i definitely see us growing partnerships and more people come to the table and and yeah, like the folks in Pennsylvania, I totally agree. Uh, Mary Jo's great. I, I happen to know the, the agency director up there. He used to be a, at one time worked for uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation. And then even one of the commissioners uh, is a friend of mine, um, Kristen Geiger, that's on the commission for uh, Pennsylvania. And so there's a ton of people that's in some states that's reached out and said, hey man, when y'all are ready to do something here, let us know. Like we we will we'll help you, you know, and Yep. It's been uh, it's been great. I mean, um, it's been great to you know step into this organization with what I call the Rolodex of friends from the past in the conservation arena. And man, this is such a tight knit group. When you talk about yeah. biologists, foresters, folks that really care about things that a lot of people don't think about each day. You know, folks are always just looking out for each other. Going, man, let's let's see how we can partner and do things. And so, man, I'm 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 super excited about where we're going. And how are we just going to devote to doing more work with the, with the funds and things that's raised at our events and everything else that we're doing.
0: Yeah. So off the top of your head, are there any studies that you guys have been doing for the past couple of
2: years that are getting close to wrapping up? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's several of those, you know, the Alabama one off the top of my head is about to finish up. And we, uh, recently i say recent in the last few months um it was me and jolly uh we sat down with the uh, alabama wildlife federation uh, they've been a great partner with us and sat down with dr Goolsby and talked about what some next steps would be and and discussing you know what would be the next project to tackle because uh this one's about to hem up with uh, with all the disease uh, testing and the fertility stuff so that was about done uh the one in tennessee is like i said about a year out and that one will finish up so those are the two right off the top of my head that are about to come to a closure sooner yeah. than later yeah
1: and the tennessee one got kind of sounded like extended almost because they made the season date changes so it kind of gave a unique opportunity for a statewide scale study of season date movement you know compared to it was just like five or six counties i believe
2: that's right you're you're spot on, and there's some uh, additional gobbler data that is basically have been put together, and I know Harper had uh, discussed that with us, and so there's going to be, you know, when when you start doing these studies, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, I I've been one of these guys that was in one of those two, three year studies, right, and uh, most research projects in general, that's what it is, and so it's really not even two full years. A lot of times it's one year of field work, and then a year of crunching data putting everything together and then getting that information out there and so what we really need guys um on uh, on any kind of turkey work especially critters that cover a lot of area landscape level species like a turkey as you know they their home range could be anywhere from one to multiple square miles depending on where they are in the United States and so critters that cover a lot of ground you really need more long-term studies to figure out what's going on and so um, the little snapshots are just that they're snapshots and so unless you do a lot of different snapshots covering the same thing it makes it really challenging to say that's conclusive and this is me talking as a biologist here Mm -hmm. so the longer the study is and you have compounded data it gives it a lot of strength and it makes it more robust and so we're really looking at how do we get people more interested in long-term studies as well and to say hey you know it's it's more of a long-term commitment especially financially but we come up with better results that can really have impacts on how we best manage our birds and or habitat or whatever it may be uh for you know increasing enhancing stabilizing maybe uh, turkey populations uh, over time yeah interesting lot to ponder yeah very
1: very cool stuff with turkeys for tomorrow i mean the amount of growth experienced in what is this three four years at this point max that i could think of
2: yes sir you know i'll be honest with you like the uh like the wild turkey science podcast has been fantastic for us you know it's given tft a ton of exposure but you know, once again, we're we're taking the science and giving it to people in a way that they can consume it and understand it. And I think that's so important. Um, I mean, you know, I've, I've been involved in some of that in the past with some of the researchers uh, working with Dr. Chamberlain and Brett Collier, doing some really live episodes and things uh, in the past that I thought were great. And, and that was what I say, you know, back in the day was some of the very first times that we've really took the science and broke it down to, to folks to get them fired up about all things science related about turkeys. I mean, right now, guys, there's more turkey research going on across the United States than there ever has been in the history of, uh, of, of the wild turkey. Wow. I mean, they're in the spotlight right now, and, and you guys know why. I mean, on a national scale, if we look at trend data uh, over a number of years in time, I mean, we know that harvest is down. We know that populations may be in a slight decline, just looking at uh poult ratios uh, the surveys that's done in the states i mean we're we're having some states that are that bounce up and down. We had a record book book harvest here in Kentucky this past year, so there's this overwhelming look of like, well, hey, our bird numbers are going a little bit down, and what do we do about it? And we're having people go to places even like myself to spots where I'm not hearing birds like I used to and and that concerns me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, and I've I've talked to biology long enough and I'm like, hey, okay, this is slapping me in the face right now. Hey, I I used to go out to this spot here, seven or eight birds, and I'm only hearing one or two. What's going on? You know, and mm-hmm. I think there's more of us seeing that. And, and what I say is that we as turkey hunters, we are truly the front line of defense. We are the citizen scientists out there that's really seeing and understanding that there's a problem, there's an issue, what's going on. Now, we may not always know what that is, but we can just say, hey, we hear turkeys or not, or hey, we're not seeing birds here or not, and that really starts to open up some doors to start looking at things locally and regionally, and so one of the things that we as turkeys for tomorrow will be driving in the upcoming years, and we're we're really laying the foundation for this now, but we're going to be looking at how do we bring people together and really create what I call our wild turkey private lands cooperatives and I think this is critically important here in the eastern United States where I think it's like 85 plus percent I might be a little bit off depending on if we talk about uh, probably uh, industrial private lands but about 85 plus of lands in the eastern United States are privately owned so if we're going to make the biggest difference in wild turkey populations we're going to have to work with private landowners and so we're making that commitment to do that and try to bring people together much like um, I'll say much like QDMA did originally with bringing together folks to talk about quality deer management but we're doing it for turkeys and knowing that you know this hen or this gobbler may be on 10 different people's properties depending upon the acreage how those birds are moving etc so we all are going to have to be working together and ultimately what we'd like to do is try to uh, structure things where we can create what I call incubators And I say an incubator is a means to really bolster populations when we get a cooperative working where folks are on the same page managing their habitat and maybe managing predators etc all the wildlife management tools that are out there to really successfully manage wild turkey populations when we create these incubators I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll create these really big sources population sources that can help feed other areas and really help encourage more what I call growth sometimes intrinsic growth when uh, managed correctly on the predator parade, parade dynamics i know that's a lot that we could unpack that alone but that's something that's that's really one of our big goals and focuses over the next five years to really drive drive some action yeah
0: i mean that that sounds like a that's podcast a, episode a in and of place. itself
2: <laughs> absolutely yeah there's a few big things that we're we're tackling and uh and i can't say enough about our board staff coming together back in the fall and us going through really kind of a working group uh it's called a SWAT uh strengths weaknesses opportunities threats to determine where we're going try to start focusing on some key things and then really drive the organization so uh we're doing it all for turkeys. I mean that's that's it. We're very mission focused and you won't see us have any mission drift. And that's something I'm very proud to say about everyone that we're working with is we're focused on turkeys and nothing else.
0: Yeah. Something that Cameron and I have talked about with some of the other guests that we've had on in the world of wildlife biology is how are the results of the studies that are currently ongoing and have just recently ended, how are those being shared between organizations and states and so on and so forth? Is there some tip, some usual methodology for distributing those, and, you know, can you, if you live in Pennsylvania, for example, can you be guaranteed that you're, that Mary Jo Casalina, the wild turkey biologist for Pennsylvania, would see the results from the study that's being done
2: in South Carolina? Absolutely. Um, i tell you, uh, across the U.S., there are these, they're called the wild turkey working groups, and it's a composition of basically state, federal agencies, any kind of governmental agencies that has a focus on the wild turkey, and also uh, nonprofits. And so, uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation is very involved. Uh, Turkeys for Tomorrow has been involved. and will continue to grow uh, our our. Um, footprint within that working group, but that working group is sharing data, information, uh, anything new comes up. It, it's like a big email group even, and you'll see shared comments, things being moved to each other. And there's a few of these that occur around the country. And basically everyone gets together, they share that information. Um, and so it's, it's, it's pretty cool to kind of see, you know, the wheels working uh, kind of behind the scenes and how people are are just kind of talking across the lines to do things. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I go back about a decade ago, maybe a little further when originally Mike Chamberlain brought in Mike Byrne to work on, uh, we had a couple of different researchers, but we're trying to figure out why there's decline going on. And we're trying to get all the state agencies to kind of talk to each other, share data. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge lift, but these working meetings, people are starting to share, and then mike um which uh, i guess he's over in missouri now um he's doing some really cool projects on trying to figure out some population uh, estimate estimations using drone technology which is pretty cool uh for turkeys um because that's one of the big issues is we do not know what the turkey population is anywhere it's a big guess right. uh and that's uh that's not good but but yeah everyone talks really well uh behind the scenes information shared um And then uh, as we see some of these other groups that feed into like the North American Conference uh, or some of these other larger national, the Wildlife Society, for example, uh, is another big one where you get a lot of folks come, present, talk about, they have breakout groups. You have all these professionals coming together behind the scenes, sharing and trying to get ahead of the curve. And so it's it's a really, like I said, this is a really tight network of folks. Everyone talks Folks are trying to help each other. If someone sees something new, it usually uh, bounces out pretty quickly. But right now, you know, if I was to tell you all the two big areas where we're just like in the science arena, we really suck at it. And uh, and I think anyone out there would agree. Uh, maybe some people hate me for this, but the turkey populations, <laughs> we just don't know what it is. It's a It's a wild guess. Yes. It's a wild guess. It really is. Yeah. We work yeah. off harvest data to... Make some predictions and to adjust you know how we want to manage regulations, et cetera, but if you look at how some states have tried to equate what the church population is state to state it's it differs, and so we don't have people on the same page sometimes it's apples and oranges, and it's it's kind of frustrating you're like, man, I wish everyone was just doing the same thing because then we'd be working together, and so that's one of them. the other one is we know that turkeys are nesting we know what average nest success rates are Uh, we know by far what you know what some of those nest predators are but we also know that we're having enough birds hatch every year to really have a growing population but for some reason they're getting picked off Mm -hmm. Uh, whether they're dying from predators or disease or what we haven't really fine-tuned in on why our recruitment of birds Recruitment is basically moving these young pults to adults until you know they're they're active in the population. We have not figured out why our recruitment sucks. Okay. And this is just me being brutally honest. We yeah. know all the factors that cause birds not to be recruited, but we really don't know if there's one thing if we took out of the equation could help bolster that population. So we haven't dissected that enough to understand it. So those are the two big areas. If we could figure those two things out, guys we could make some serious, serious adjustments to everything we do to best manage wild turkey populations to levels that we really want them to be at.
0: Yeah. Well, that's something that Cameron and I've talked about on this show numerous times. And that is, you know, it's hard to manage a resource when you don't know how much of that resource you have. You know, Cameron and I both are in the financial world and you think about, you know, as an individual, trying to manage your own household finances manage your own household budget when you don't know how much money you have in your checking account <laughs> it, it's you can't do it it's impossible but yet that's what we're asking our state wildlife agencies to do in setting limits bag limits and season lengths and all the other rules for wild turkeys you know they're they're managing a resource that they don't know how much of that resource they have and i don't envy them not in the least but that's a tough road to hoe tough road to hoe you know so uh that's that's a big deal very big deal If we, we make improvements in that world we we can go a long way i think you're, you're you're
2: spot on man you're spot on yeah we uh there's some things we just have to get figured out and it, it may not be there may not be the perfect solution. But I tell you what, just with some of the technology and the artificial intelligence going on, some of the stuff I was talking with Byrne about, you know, they're they're trying to tackle these drones doing thermal imaging. Uh I've I've had the opportunity to do thermal imaging uh, out of a helicopter at night, uh, doing population censuses before. It's pretty cool, right? You can see owls in trees, you can see birds on the roost, I mean, you can see an alligator in the water, I mean, all this stuff, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, it's trying to differentiate what type of birds are there. So I, I was talking to Mike. I said, well, dang, man, how's that coming? He's like, well, if we didn't have vultures, it'd be a lot easier. Huh. It, so those vultures are coming up on thermal. They look identical to a turkey. Yeah. So uh, with some modifications to artificial intelligence where some of that, you know, and I'm thinking it's almost like a pixelation, fine detail kind of work. But I think if we can overcome that, you know, birds on the roost. To be honest with you, at night is probably one of the best ways to capture population dynamics for turkeys because they're all roosted up. Once you figure out roost spots, you do enough grids and sampling, you can come up with a pretty good idea of how many birds you have. Um, but you got to differentiate. So they have not worked that out yet. But boy, that's really close. That's like that's one of the cl- that's the closest I think we've been so far to really start looking at that but now it's it's also you know they're doing this in Texas so habitat types different get the carnivorous forests where where you have a lot of evergreens and those thermals get a little shaded and it's going to look different um you know birds on on this kind of weather I can tell you right now if there's eastern hemlock they're going to be in them if they're pine trees they're going to be in them because they're going to be a lot warmer and so uh and depending upon where they are uh, if they're in the mountains or in a valley or whatever they might be on a lower limb and really hard to see. So there's sure. going to be uh, some of that's challenging, but I think we're at least starting to make some progress and test the waters.
0: Yeah. That's fascinating. That great,
2: yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cameron, do you have
0: anything else for Jason?
1: Uh, just thank you, Jason, for helping out with this organization up and on board and doing a great job. Uh, you and Pete and Ron have all been great to work with as a, uh, you know, with our chapter here in West Tennessee. So, if anybody else is out there wanting to maybe start a TFT chapter, make sure you get in touch with these guys and hop on board. It's it's a fun time. It's not overwhelming. Tons of work for for chapter directors, and you can help impact turkeys in your own state. So, I would highly encourage others to do that. Thank you, Jason, for joining us.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and uh, just have some candid discussion, and uh, definitely enjoyed it. And um, just appreciate you helping I mean it's uh we're all working on this together and uh, I can't say thank you enough uh for what y'all are doing and just keeping the uh the airways open and uh moving good information back out to the people that just like you and I that just love turkeys and uh, love these spring and fall seasons that uh, we get to cherish each year
0: yeah no doubt
2: so I
0: have two things to ask of you sure thing number one is If somebody wants to get a chapter for TFT started where they live, how do they need to go about finding out if that's already in the works? And once they discover that it's not in the works, how do they go about getting that process rolling?
2: Sure thing. Uh, I say, number one, the easiest thing to do is go to our webpage, turkeysfortomorrow.org, and you can basically just click on our chapters Uh, We have a, um, a bar at the top of the page, TFT chapters, you can click on it and you can look and see what chapters are in your state, where they may be near you. And if so, then you already know, hey, I got somebody close by, I can get connected. If you don't see anyone near, we also have on that same page, when you click on it, it's really simple. We have a TFT chapter application and you can uh, you can fill it out. It's really simple. It's online. It's a way for us to screen people. We want to make sure we're having folks come in that are really wanting to help for the correct reasons. And So uh, you can do all that at turkeysfortomorrow.org. Awesome. So
0: my last thing Pretty for good. you is Cameron and I want to ask you to stay on with us after we sign off from the recorded part of the interview and give us a pro tip for our patreon subscribers and just share maybe one thing if you got two that are pretty quick and easy two things that you feel like will help them to harvest more turkeys and if you want to throw some biology into that answer you can but that's not a a requirement obviously (laughs) but absolutely be glad to do that that'd be awesome (laughs) but we we thank you i mean i've I've enjoyed this. It's been fun talking to you and, you know, just learning more about what TFT's got going on. And, you know, it's just fun talking to another turkey hunting nut.
2: Absolutely, brother. We, uh, we, uh, we're all brothers from brothers, as they say. And uh, when it comes to this turkey arena and uh, we just love them, uh, that's why it drives us crazy. And I don't know, I'm thinking about spring and fall year round. That's just me. When it's this time of year, I'm, I'm in another place. I'm just ready for that first spring morning. Gosh, I'm ready for it. Yes, indeed. You're yes, dead indeed.
1: on. Well, thank you, Jason. We're gonna hop off here and we'll move to our Patreon only portion.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Jason, that was enjoyable. You're right. Yeah. He he is definitely a high energy guy.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got a well charged battery all the times, so I'm pretty sure. So Awesome guy, awesome organization. Cool to hear what all is going there, and then you know, also we just got to know Jason a, a lot better through that interview with his turkey hunting career and and career with different organizations. So he's he's done a lot to help the wild turkey.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt that that is a long career in conservation for sure. Yeah. So that was awesome. I apologize
1: for any audio that. Our our audio wasn't great on that one. We're trying to figure out what the heck happened. Had a couple you know things that cut out or just got robotic, but most everything was still able to be heard and done. So, but do apologize for the poor audio on this episode. It it wasn't great, but good content. So (laughs) we're able to work past it.
0: Yeah, I think most of the issues that we may have with that kind of stuff are internet related. And you know, I will say. It's a frustration that I experience daily because I work from home a good deal, but I just never know what I'm going to get with my internet. It could be perfectly fine, no issues, or it could just be garbage on any given day. So, yep. you know, we we try to do the best we can. So we do appreciate your understanding of this kind of case for us. And a lot of times, too, you know, these guys and and women that we get on the show. Are calling from rural parts of the country and may not have the best cell reception or things like that. So I know y'all are very patient with us and and some of the audio quality and we appreciate that. Yeah. But we well, feel like the content's good enough to to still throw it out there even though the audio may be a little sketch at some points. During yeah, the, during I the mean interview. it wasn't too bad.
1: I just wanted to make sure everybody knows that
0: that's not our normal
1: audio. If it's your first time listening, it's usually a little higher quality, but Something happened with that call, and, uh, you know, sorry, but we're not going to get Jason to redo the entire thing for over an hour with us (laughs) because (laughs) it crackled a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But it was good stuff. We enjoyed that. I do want to remind folks, if you look in the show notes, we have our Turkey Hunter podcast store, which is brand new, launched. It is going to be with Shopify now. It was at first with Etsy. It's now with Shopify. So you can just go to the turkey hunter podcast.myshopify.com That'll take you there, and you can get you some swag slash merch. We will be launching pretty soon turkey calls, and you're going to want one or two or three because yeah. our call maker sent me an audio file. He's going to use the call that I think is going to be my kind of go-to call since it's a batwing. That's what I favor. And he's probably going to be using it in a contest this weekend because it's pretty bad to the bones.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's solid.
1: (laughs) He likes it a lot. So do I. So we will be launching those soon. I believe what you've told me is we will be able to do those through this Shopify store. Correct. Okay, so those will be available there. We'll let y'all know when those go live. They're going to be sweet. You're going to want some of those. And then also... Jason gave us a great segment. I mean, it's a pretty good long segment, too, but a good segment on his tip of the week, which is only going to be available for our Patreon members. So yes. you will want to join Patreon, and you can find that link also in the show notes. To join our Patreon, you're going to get not only the extra segments from each week's episode, we have a chat room in there, which we're... If you already are a member, we're learning as we go. So we just started this. We're going to get really good at placing in the chat room so that you can ask our future guests questions, such as the one with Jason. You know, we read off one that one of our Patreon members had asked, and we'll get those asked during the interview. So you have the opportunity to ask questions of future guests. We're going to do a Zoom call soon for our first quarterly Zoom call where we just have a Zoom hangout deal. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a discount code for our merchandise in there you get a lot of stuff out of the patreon so go to that link check it out and
0: become a patreon member today yeah and very soon for you guys who have joined cameron and i will be announcing the first date of our little zoom call we're going to do so it'll be a live thing on zoom we're just going to hang out probably have a I'll probably have a warm glass of something to drink. I don't know. You You may go cold on us, but... Yeah, I'll probably have a gonna, cold glass of milk. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some <laughs> orange juice, too. <laughs> but, yeah, we're looking forward to that and be a good opportunity for us to meet you guys who are subscribing and chat and hang out for a bit. So, yeah, be gonna be, we'll be announcing that soon. Yeah, that'll be fun. So,
1: a lot of good yeah. stuff for our Patreon members. I mean, honestly, just the weekly audio clips so far are worth it, but... Yeah. We're adding a lot of incentives in there. So you, you, you're going to want to do that. It'll be, and make sure, so we have, there is a free Patreon member option, but nothing comes with that. Yes. I don't even know why it's even available, but if you're wanting to actually join, it's not the free one. So you actually have to subscribe with payment. Yeah. And then that gets you what we just described. So yeah. just wanted to throw that out there because we've had a couple of people join as free members, which you know we appreciate, but you're not really going to get anything out of it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I have a favor. Hit it. Hit me with it, man. Here's the favor. We haven't asked this in in quite a while. But if you guys are enjoying this show, share it with a friend or Mm -hmm. ten. So just you know, copy the link for the show and put it out there in a text message. Uh, Depending on your podcast player, you may be able to even share it using a little share button there in the podcast player app. So. If you would do that, share it with three or four turkey hunting buddies, that would be very, very, very appreciated.
1: Yeah, it's a great favor of the week. So, if you, yeah, great stuff, great idea. If you have an episode in mind that you thought was just fantastic, maybe this one or a past one, share that with a friend. I love that. Yeah.
0: Very cool. What do you think? Just call it a week. I th- yeah, I think you should probably wrap us up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews